Hello and welcome again to Monse, a K-pop podcast with your faithful host, Zia J. I'm very excited to have the Rocky Pebble Pins as my guest on this episode, talking about building healthy K-pop fandoms. But before we get into that, I'll take you through the latest news and this week's comebacks. Don't forget to check out the show's socials at Monse Podcast on Instagram and Twitter and leave a review if you feel so inclined. Let's jump right into this week's news. Pledis Entertainment released a new statement this week regarding bullying accusations against Seventeen's Mingyu. The original poster had accused Mingyu of standing by and laughing as another classmate was assaulted. Pledis' statement denied the allegation, explaining that they had contacted the poster and other classmates about the issue and no one else could remember this happening. Mingyu appears to be returning to activities after his hiatus, including participating in a performance video for Entertainment Tonight. Pledis Entertainment will not be taking legal action against the accuser. WM Entertainment, representing Oh My Girl Sunghee, made a statement this week regarding her harassment by producer Tank. Earlier in March, the company had addressed his diss track directed at her, stating that he had been harassing and threatening her since high school. According to their statements, Sunghee had helped Tank through a mental health crisis, and Tank formed an unhealthy attachment to the artist. The new statement provides further details and explains that the company has taken the issue to the police and will be pursuing a lawsuit against Tank. JYP Entertainment announced this week that they have entered into a strategic partnership with Tencent Music Entertainment. The Chinese company owns a variety of online music platforms, including QQ Music and WeSing. JYP Entertainment is expected to use this partnership to expand their group's popularity in China, where historically companies like SM Entertainment have had more success. In a statement, JYP Entertainment said they, quote, aim to contribute to the development of K-pop by providing not only the music of our artists, but also a series of high-quality content to music fans around the world. And now, the reviews for this week. More big solo releases this week, kicking off with IU's new track, Lilac. This is a classic IU track, sweet and fun and in perfect time to match spring in Korea. It stands out with a strong live bassline and funk influences that flow through the whole song. Lilac also shows off IU's vocals beautifully, transitioning between her floaty higher tones and smooth lower range. It's never surprising that IU's songs do well and this track was no different. She reached a certify all kill on Korean charts this week. Jackson Wang also had a comeback this week with his song Leave Me Loving You. A melancholic but dreamy 80s-inspired track, Leave Me Loving You continues Jackson's recent trend of bringing retro Chinese and Hong Kong styles into his music. The song is a classic Jackson Wang dance track, with plenty of synth and sharp percussion, and the music video is a perfect thematic follow-up to his track Pretty Please. Seeing Jackson pursue different styles of music is always fun, and Leave Me Loving You has not let us down. Sawn of CLC made her solo debut this week with Run. An upbeat pop track, Run features a mix of acoustic guitar and electronic percussion with detailed instrumental layering in the chorus. It really shows off Sawn's style, especially vocally. It's not flashy, just sweet and genuine, and really sets a good tone for any future releases. Rapper Giri Boy released double title tracks this week with Space Time and So What. 
Spacetime is a fun, chill vibe, classic KRB styling with vocal layering and fun synth lines, while So What is a little darker in vibe, a funky bassline and more aggressive vocal style showing off Geary Boy's producing sensibilities. Now, the second part of the show here is where I bring on a guest for an interview or discussion, or in this case, a bit of both. I am so, so excited to be bringing you my conversation with the Rocky Pebble Pins, a pin maker that I've personally been following for a while and someone I just really like and respect. We had a chat about the good and bad of K-pop fandoms, as well as what we can do to make them healthier. There was a couple of audio issues with this one. It's no one's fault, but just so you know, in case it's a bit jumpy at times, that is meant to happen. But I will hand it over to myself and the Rocky Pebble Pins. Okay, I'm very excited to be here with the Rocky Pebble Pins. Would you like to introduce yourself, your name, and kind of how you got into K-pop? All right, sure. Um, hi, I am the Rocky Pebble Pins. I started my shop about a year ago. Most people online just call me D or Rocky, which is oddly funny considering that's an Astro member. <laughs> but, um, I got into K-pop in the absolute weirdest way possible. About maybe since 2016, 2017, I had a just an Astro What You Didn't Notice video. <laughs> it just popped up in my YouTube recommended and I'm like, ah, this seems kind of cool. And I watched them and not only was I very impressed by, you know, their dancing and the singing and just everything about that group, but I was also laughing very, very hard. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was a very different way of getting into it, but I'm happy I did. Yes, I yeah, they're great, and I feel like they're one of the groups that flits under the radar a little bit. So it's interesting that like that's who got suggested to you. (laughs) So you okay? So you got into it in around 2016. Was it a a quick descent into madness? Like, was it easy for you to get more into K-pop from there? (laughs) I. I would say it was pretty quick considering I, after I watched that video, I'm just like, you know, this, this Astro group seems kind of cool. And then not even a week later, a close friend of mine showed me the DNA music video by BTS. Mm. And it was so funny just because I was just in her bathroom doing my makeup and her bathroom is sort of separate from her room. And so I just hear this very quiet whistling coming from her room. (laughs) And I was like, what are you listening to? And she goes, you need to see this. And the music video just put me in absolute shock. And it was really when I got into them that I started to like make my major descent. It was mainly Astro and BTS for a a good few weeks. Then got into Pentagon. And then it's just my descent. It was more like I fell off a cliff and that was it. (laughs) So that was a few years ago now. And you said you started your shop just over a year ago. Yeah, uh, I started it uh, February 15th, 2020, and so it's been about like a year uh-huh. and a month, yeah. How did liking K-pop, getting into K-pop, how did that evolve into you starting your shop? Well, it was obviously a few years after I got into it, but I was so into their music, and it really started when I got into TXT, because I have this little drawing program on my iPad that I had for school and I, you know, I'm supposed to use it for assignments, but no, I decided to use it for art. But I started just doodling on my iPad just of different TXT music videos. I 
their Napa of a Star music video was so interesting to me and just both albums they had put out at the time as a whole. I loved the Dream Chapter Star as well as Magic. And so I started just trying to draw because my friend uh, Yunho Korn Ko, she was mm. starting her shop at the time. And I was so impressed by what she did. And I was just like, oh, I want to do that. And then I showed her some of my art and she was like, dude, you need to post this. You should make a shop. You really need to post this. And I'm like, ah, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> but I'm glad I did. And she was really the one who really pushed me to do it. And I'm happy she did. As am I, as a fan of your shop. I really, I'm really glad that, that got started. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> was there many other, or were there many other makers that you followed or knew before you started your shop? Oh my God, so many. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was mostly into uh, makers who made like BTS pins at the time, but Pins Momo was one of them. Um, shortly after I made my shop, um, Potion Pins, who you had last time, who mm. I are. Uh, Pins Momo was definitely one of them. And she's the main one I can really remember um, looking at a lot. There's so many more and I don't know why I'm blanking, but she's definitely one of I looked at for a very long time. And then, of course, uh, Mo or Yunho Korn Ko, after she made hers, before I made mine, I'm just like, ah, it's it's crazy. But I met a lot of really close friends sh really shortly after I made my shop, and I am beyond thankful for that. Yeah, like, yeah, even kind of being adjacent to it and obviously talking to Lena from Potion Pins last week, like, that seems to be a very strong thread of making friends with other makers and that community being really strong and really supportive of each other yeah i that's one thing i really love seeing and just not just the pin community but the art community in general in, in general i met lena i've met um david and heidi from mango's leaf my twilight co a treasure co ray from ray pins like there's so many amazing people who i've met and i wouldn't have known any of them if I hadn't gotten into K-pop or started my shop. And everyone's just so supportive of each other. And I, that's the main thing I love about this community. Mm, for sure. I think that leads in well to kind of broadly what I wanted to talk about a bit more in this episode, which is generally fandom and K-pop fandom and community. That experience meeting new people and then being super friendly and supportive, do you think that's similar to your experiences in the rest of K-pop fandom or even in other fandoms? It it sort of goes both ways almost because makers specifically, we have so much in common just because we share a love of like art as well as making art inspired by the groups that we love, you know, and they also reside in the fandoms. And I've and I've met so many friends from fandoms who aren't makers or do anything like that. But it's it's mainly different just because of the specific aspects of owning a shop or not, pretty much. That makes a lot of sense. Like that, I guess, is a is an extra layer to being involved. Like it's a, a more niche community within the community. Yeah. And of course, I don't think any less of any other fans who don't try to like do business stuff or try to create stuff because every single one of them is just as valid. And I've again, met so many close friends. I've met two close friends when I saw Stray Kids in concert last year, and they are two of the sweetest people who I have ever met. And I've met multiple people online who have not only gotten me into groups, 
but I've gotten them into groups and we bonded over that. And it's everyone's just really nice. And I appreciate that. <laughs> mm, for sure. And that I think meeting friends at concerts, especially, it's obviously a bit harder for us not being in Korea. Those concerts don't happen so much. But meeting people at concerts and making friends with them, I think, is something that's pretty common for a lot of K-pop fans. Yeah. Mm hmm. Do you want to talk or we can talk a little bit um, about your experiences like as a fan in K-pop fandoms? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess last week's episode was a bit heavy, so I guess we can focus a bit more on the positives this week. What do you think are some things in K-pop fandom specifically that are really positive? Like what do you think are some of the best things to have kind of come out of these fandoms specifically that you're a part of? Well, some major things are just how some fandoms just support every member of a group or a band to its just fullest extent. You know, there's some idols who have either started a relationship or done different things or not pertaining to their group, like acting or solo stuff. And, you know, fans could, some fans are just like, oh, no, they're only good when it comes to this or that. And... Mm. There's so many fandoms who are just supportive of everything that groups do, no matter whether it's related to their group or not. And I really just like the support that so many fans give their idols because, you know, we don't have a right to judge what they do because, you know, we aren't them. And I just really like all the love that some fans show their idols as well as groups. For sure. Yeah, like we were talking about before, the support that fans have for each other within fandoms, I think that is definitely something that grows out of being willing to support groups and idols no matter what they do. Yeah, definitely. You've been in some varied fandoms, bigger groups, smaller groups. Yeah. What are some of your favourite fandoms and maybe why? Like, are there any spaces that you particularly enjoy spending time in? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> I I say great things about every fandom I'm in. <laughs> um, I actually wrote this one down, I think. <laughs> I love, 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 and it's not just because they're my favorite group, but I love Carrots so much. I love them. <laughs> um, Two Moons, uh, Aetany, and Vamps, who are fans of VAV, who I just got into, and the OBs. And I love the OBs so much. I love them so much. <laughs> but... Just for each group specifically, um, Carrots I love just because we're insane. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. And I love it. <laughs> this And so many Carrots are so supportive. And if I may touch on what you talked about um, with Lena, with the whole situation regarding Mingyu that happened, so mm. many Carrots were still waiting to hear his side and waiting to hear about what Pletus was going to say. And I really appreciate that as someone who was raised by two attorneys. Um, I have a pretty firm belief when it comes to like innocent until proven guilty. And so many carrots were waiting here and they weren't like lashing out at him, which granted, I completely understand for people who have suffered, but there's so many carrots who were willing to wait a little bit and wait to see what he would say and carrots are just very patient and they're very loving and oh my god they're they're so sweet <laughs> like when i became i only became a carrot last year 
ever since I got into that group and ever since I <laughs> 17 became my favorite group and I've met so many carrots, especially due to the production of my semicolon pin. I love seeing how much they support each and every member and considering there's 13, that's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> but and Aroha, after being into Astro for so many years and seeing them grow as much as they have, and they've done so mm -hmm. many different types and varied like aesthetics as well of like music types. You know, at, just Arohas have supported Astro to the fullest. And when it comes to Unu and Moonbin and all of them, when it comes to act, mm. Jinjin's now doing a side little podcast and and MJ in the musical Jamie. They've supported each other to the absolute fullest. And I love that about them. Also, again, they're absolutely insane and I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Two Moons and I got into One Us also due to Yunho Corn Co. I owe her so much for getting me into so many groups. <laughs> <laughs> but Two Moons are just, I don't know. I say this about every fandom, but they're absolutely insane and they're hilarious. <laughs> like they will make a out of anything and it will still be funny Aitani, <laughs> i i don't even know what to say about Aitani. there's they are some of the sweetest people i've met in my entire life mm. because i am i'm in a group chat of uh a few pin makers who i absolutely adore um mango's leaf co ray pins a treasure co and yunho corn co mm -hmm. I met them all because a while ago, maybe two or three months after I started my shop, I put on my Instagram story, I'm like, hey, would any makers want to be in like an Aitani pin maker group chat? And those people decided to join. And I absolutely love every single one of them. And we have been friends for so long now. I truly would have, I don't know what I would have done without them because they have made such a my life if i wasn't an atony or if they weren't or if ats just didn't exist i wouldn't have met them and i just mm. imagine my life without them at this point like and so many atony i met due to um the design i put out and now that i think about that that was forever ago but i made a design of like every treasure album combined into one and yeah support from that and i met so many atonies who were just like oh my god i we need you to get this produced and we love this pin and i just again i don't even know what to say atonies are so sweet especially with what's going on with mingi right now everyone's been so patient and not pushing him to come back any sooner than he should and they're saying it it doesn't long you take as long as you like get well and at your own pace it makes me so happy that they're showing so much love for him during what's going on right now mm. lastly but definitely not least vamps who i am i'm very god i love them <laughs> they're so sweet for vav being like such a sadly underrated group which i love them i love them so much they're so underrated and it makes me so sad because they they deserve so much more fame than they get. And vamps are just the sweetest people. I've said that about every fandom, except for two all I said was that they're crazy, but I love them as well. <laughs> but vamps are just, they're so supportive of all the members. And again, like, like Astro, the VAV has just tried so many different concepts and vamps like yeah we're gonna support this even though you were emo vampire boys just like a few years ago 
Yeah, they're just so sweet and supportive. And even though I'm so new to this fandom, I know I'm going to love them because like, they're the sweetest people. What can you not like about them? <laughs> but yeah, that's that's like my main five fandoms that I really just love. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think like I'm pretty present in some of those fandoms and I've spent a bit of time around the ones that I'm not super into and like that's all definitely been my experience too. Between the things I've noticed and I think the things you've said, something that for me is like a good sign of a good fandom is obviously treating their like the the groups and the idols well but especially just treating them like people, like just being really supportive and being really open to what they want to do and what they want to try being like, this is, you're a person and you can try things rather than you're just a group or you're just an idol and you have to do exactly what the fans want. Yeah. Like, I think that's a good sign of a healthy fandom, usually. I definitely agree with you. Like, I, I realized I just now that I never touched on any bands, which I'm disappointed in myself. But, um, as you can tell, I'm very, very into the rose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with, just treating them like people. Uh, Black Roses specifically are so chill. <laughs> and I I absolutely love them. Like they're so open and honest with their fans as well as Black Roses with them. And you can tell how much that Black Roses as well as the Rose just care about each other. We're just like one big family. I love them. And it's it's definitely been tough with Dojun, Hajun and Jaehyung just uh, gone right now but black roses are supporting each other so much and it's like okay it's fine we're gonna make it through this they're gonna be back and we're gonna get to see them together mm. it's just very it makes me very happy seeing so much love in that community yeah for sure and i think the rose like and black roses that relationship that like really healthy really chill relationship again it's the treating them like people thing and really supporting them yeah definitely I don't know. All of these are very big questions, I guess. <laughs> Do you think there are other things that are kind of hallmarks of really healthy fandoms? Like the the fandoms that you really enjoy being a part of, are there things that are kind of consistent between them? I definitely think there are some. And like you said, just treating the idols like people. I definitely love seeing the support for each member. And that's one thing with that I absolutely just emphasize on because I have not met a single vamp that has just not liked a member or been like, oh no, no, these ones, these ones are definitely better. They, this group would be better without them. That's the main thing I see in a healthy fandom is the support of every single member, no matter what they do, no matter the kind of like stuff they decide to do outside of their group, like acting as well as things like that. And vamps are just, again, so sweet. And I, this has just turned into me ranting about how much I love them. And so I'll stop. <laughs> That's okay. That's part of this. I think a really key part to like working out the better things that we can do in fandoms is working out what's good about the things that we're in at the moment. And that's obviously kind of why I'm talking about this is that I think we all want to yeah. have good, healthy spaces. And so like being able to identify what is good at the moment is a really good part of that yeah that's why i'm glad you're bringing up this topic because it's something I sometimes don't get touched on much and it's just 
makes me happy that you're discussing these and you're bringing up these and trying to make certain events or things like this aware to people. And I really like that. (laughs) I'm glad. I think I've noticed like this type of discourse, like discussions about this does happen, but it's often either in really niche corners or it's in very academic language. And so it's not very accessible. And that's like a big part of this is I want to make some of that more accessible and I want to talk about it with other fans and make it something that's a bit easier to get to and discuss and for people to kind of have a starting point to discuss it with each other I think. Yeah. I guess we've identified some of the kind of better parts of the fandoms and you've probably noticed it too having been around for a few years but I think k-pop fandoms change and develop quite quickly Do you think there's issues or any things that might need to be focused on at the moment in terms of making our fandoms a little bit healthier, making the ways we treat each other and our idols a bit healthier? Do you think there are things that we should be talking about or focusing on at the moment? There, there is a few things definitely because like not every fandom is perfect. I think we should definitely try to be careful when it comes to fan like fan signs fan meets especially fan service because like we talked about earlier these they're just people they aren't some sort of thing you can command to do because some fan service things that idols are told to do are kind of not harmful for their image but they may just not want to do it but they may feel the need to to you know they're, they're fans and they don't want to disappoint them or anything like that. And I feel like we should just be careful when it comes to fan service. Because, you know, idols, they get uncomfortable too. They're human. They have things they prefer not to do. Mm. A main thing I really wish, um, it hasn't really changed over the years, which sounds kind of sad, but we should really try to focus on stopping fan wars. Mm. I'm, I'm not as much of an army as I used to be, but I am a major XOL. But about maybe two three years ago when I was mainly into like, it was like maybe 10, 10 something groups and EXO and BTS were two really big ones. And I just hated seeing XOLs and ARMY fight with each other. Again, they're, they're not bad fandoms, but every fandom is not perfect. And so I really wish we could try to be careful when it comes to when some person accuses a fandom or a fan of doing something, we should try to hear it out patiently and try to be more calm about it because we shouldn't need to drag our groups into something that should be either handled privately or handled much more calmly. Mm, yeah, I think those two things are really good points. And particularly the the kind of way we treat idols at fan signs and things like that is something I definitely want to get into more at some point. And the, I mean, the fan was, I I got back into K-pop with EXO and it was, I feel like obviously BTS is so huge now and EXO with some of the members going to the military, they're not on as many people's radar, but they were so huge back in the day and XOLs and armies were such huge fandoms and always at each other's throats. Like it was mm-hmm. kind of legendary in a terrible way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, um... Culture, I think of when you do something as a fan, like you are, you feel like you're representing your group and you're representing your fandom. But I feel like maybe there are times when it's good to kind of 
check yourself a little bit with that and yeah work out when it is maybe appropriate to be bringing the group or the whole fandom into something yeah um because it is often not necessary I think I I definitely agree and like you said when it comes to um like you represent your group or your fandom and you wouldn't want to put a bad image on your fandom or your group by acting in a rash way so that can only be taken both ways yeah I think it's also, it's always been a bit confusing, even a little funny to me that like BTS and EXO, like they're friends, like <laughs> they support each other and they get along with each other. And like, this is true of like a lot of groups, like everyone, um, Jackson from God7 said it in an interview once and I never forgot, it's all love and support in K-pop, which is like, obviously not everyone's going to get along perfectly, but overall, like all of these artists and these groups want to support each other and they want they want everyone to succeed, I think. And it's, yeah, frustrating, I think, that that's not always yeah. reflected in the fandoms. Yeah, it's that is very funny to me, considering EXO and BTS are friends. <laughs> yeah, the quote from Jackson is unbelievably true because you can, you can just see even how they act or how they act around each other. There is no, like, tense... Like, oh, we, we're going to beat you. We, we're better than you. Like, there's no there's no energy like that. Everyone's supportive. Like, you've seen, like, award shows. And when a group gets awarded something, they, they bow. They're respectful. They support them. They clap for them. It's just a loving thing I like to see. Like, how when fandoms get along, love each other. Like, Stay and Aetany are the weirdest people I've ever met. But they're so <laughs> sweet. And it's just like that, like just like some like some fandoms can get along, groups get along as well. And it's, you know, best of both worlds when it comes to friendship. <laughs> For sure. And I mean, I've noticed that with um Carrots and Mom Baby too, like Seventeen and Monster X are great friends and Carrots and Mom Baby always like support each other and support the other group's comebacks and things like that. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that kind of energy of like really supporting each other, really supporting each other's groups and... Yeah, I think that's something that it would, I don't think it would hurt anyone to focus on that a little more. Yeah. Yeah, I just think like it isn't a competition and there can be competitive aspects. Like obviously music shows really bring that out or, or award shows where you're voting for your group and that type of thing. But that's not something that has to persist all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I I think it, it does sometimes. And it's just... It's tiring and you're using a lot of energy to focus on, like, fighting with another fandom when, like, you could just be chilling out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree, definitely. Let's see, where should we go next? Um, hmm. One of the things you brought up was um, fan signs and fan meetings and things like that and especially asking idols, like making requests of idols. And that's something, it's an interesting situation because I think it's really where a lot of fandom kind of can be distilled or represented in that moment, in the way that a fan acts and that interaction um, and what they expect of idols. Like you said, like there are some things that idols just don't want to do, but it's very difficult for them to say no. Like that's something I've really noticed is idols very very rarely turn down things like they will have expressed that they don't want to do something but they kind of have to do it anyway because 
that's their job a bit. And I think that, like, that comes from a place of expecting a certain level of availability from an idol that you can just ask them to do whatever you want or ask them to do things that they might be, might have been a bit uncomfortable with. Like, that's something that I think frustratingly is a pretty common attitude in K-pop fandoms. And that really comes out in that interaction. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's tough because. You know, if if an event like that happens, it usually does get out. And and I think some fan asked an idol, I honestly forgot who it was. It's like, oh, can you say this to me? Oh, can you do this? Again, it does hurt because if that gets out, like fandoms are going to be blamed for being like, oh, you're that weird fandom or things like that. So fans can represent an entire fandom or a group as a whole, just like you mentioned earlier. And that's what it's kind of tough because, of course, not all fans act like that. But at the cost of a fan just trying to have some sort of odd interaction to make it like some sort of Wattpad fic, <laughs> it's tough because that can reflect a group and make them look bad. And that's really not what they deserve, especially when it puts them in an uncomfortable position that they don't want to be in in the first place. If you're putting an idol in a position, not only do they not want to be in, but it gets out and people find out, like, people can find out, like, who it is and you get hurt because of that. Like, no one deserves to be hurt. But when it comes to things like that, it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that because now I'm getting hate on the internet. You should really just reflect on the actions you're about to, like, proceed with before actually going through with them. Yeah. For sure. And and that, like, I think I've seen it more and more with um, the video fan signs because it's such a kind of strange platform that it's happening on. Like, it's not in person, so you're not, like, it's not like there are heaps of other people that might be paying attention to you. And it, it feels like, I think, a very, not that I've experienced it, but I think it can feel like a very... Um, kind of friendly and close interaction yeah that like would this be weirder if you were doing it in person would this be weirder if you were doing it to like a complete stranger who you actually didn't know and obviously those things are like not exactly what's happening but yeah I think that like extra little bit of thought is pretty important especially in those in-person interactions yeah I I definitely agree that it has gotten a bit more odd when it comes to it being online because, you know, you have the safety of being behind a screen and it's like, you're probably just alone doing this because if you did that around your parents, they'd probably think you're crazy, but <laughs> it's definitely gotten a tad more odd because, you know, they have the freedom to do what they want without being surrounded by other people or having to make a scene just outside of your own home. For sure. There's some, I think cultural significance to the way that fan signs are held in Korea and there's certain interactions or discussions or type of behaviors that I think or I've noticed have different connotations in Korea to internationally and so when as an international fan you're viewing it you might not necessarily understand everything that's happening. I've seen people what I'm talking about is like I Weirdly enough, the group that my man goes to is GOT7. Um, but I've seen people see videos of 
fan sign interactions in Korea where the fans are very friendly and the idol is very friendly back and that's super a super like comfortable interaction but often the context is like this person goes to every of their fan sign like it go, they go to all of their fi- fan signs they go to their concerts and so the the idols get to know this person's face and so that's a slightly different relationship to like this fan that you're meeting for the very first time and you don't know anything about them and you don't know how they're going to interact with you like as an idol when you see that interaction just in a in a few moments like in a few seconds of this like super friendly super chill type of conversation or interaction when that's taken out of the context of like the idol actually knows who this person is it seems like oh that is how i as a fan who has never met this group before can react but it maybe is not because you don't have that context and the idol doesn't have that context of you and i don't know this was a very long way to be like just take a bit of time to get used to the kind of standard ways that these types of things are done because I think there's a lot to learn from people who've been doing this for a long time yeah I I agree with you because I've I've I haven't been to a fan sign either um but (laughs) when I watch videos of that and see how comfortable the idols are with their fans it it does make a lot of sense because they would have time to get to know them due to them being there multiple times but if an idol's coming out of their country or doing something for the first time somewhere where they don't have the opportunity to see people multiple times, it may make people think that this is the only chance they get to make an impression on them, whether it do be good or bad. And of course, that's not an excuse for them to do bad things or things that make an idol uncomfortable. But I just personally feel like that may be how some people may end up feeling in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And especially idols traveling internationally or yeah with the video video fan signs like having those interactions where there is actually going to be some cultural differences and things may not translate very well culturally and that's just a thing to be a little bit aware of I guess going a bit both ways like yeah for me I think A lot of this is informed by my experience in other fandoms, following TV shows and having different actors being comfortable with very different types of interactions. And that really made a difference to me, especially when I was younger, when I was a young teenager, of like understanding that you have to interact with different celebrities, I guess, in different ways because there is just different levels of comfort. Has there been any experiences you have had like that where perhaps being in other fandoms or in other situations might have changed or informed the way you kind of interact in K-pop fandoms? Um, I, I can't really think of a specific fandom, but sort of after getting into multiple fandoms, because I listened to maybe two K-pop groups like four or five years ago, and now I'm into over 50, which says a lot. <laughs> about my time but (laughs) just after getting into so many groups and getting to know so many fandoms and people from said fandoms I think I learn a bit from each fandom because it's like oh this fandom says this and like they like doing this and it's it's just sort of a different experience all around because you know a lot of fans are really different and I don't want to say treat their idols differently but in a way 
it's really just a different experience for each fandom. And I like learning more from each fandom. And it's sort of just a just an odd educational experience. I don't know how to ex- I don't know how to describe that. <laughs> for sure. That's definitely been true for me too, being di- into different like different K-pop fandoms at different times that like learning how to deal with different situations and yeah, what things may or may not be appropriate. And even like there's a lot of other education that I think I've gotten from especially from people in K-pop fandoms. A lot of, that I've learned about Things like cultural appropriation and other social issues that aren't necessarily just relevant to K-pop, but I think that, yeah, I think the fact that some of these conversations do happen in fandom spaces while being, I don't know, very open discussions, and I lost the end of that thought, <laughs> but I'm really glad that that's a thing that we do in in K-pop fandoms, because I know it doesn't happen kind of ev- necessarily in, in other places. Yeah. We're pretty close to wrapping up, I think, but I guess to maybe end on perhaps a more positive note, something that we can, I don't know, something that's maybe looking forward a bit to the things we can be doing in the future. Is there anything you wish you saw more of? Like, is there anything that you've noticed, especially maybe in smaller fandoms, um, that you wish was kind of more present across different K-pop fandoms? Hmm. When regarding smaller fandoms, I do understand how some groups want to stay a small fandom, which sounds odd. You know, as some fandoms become larger, they've gotten more toxic fans. And some smaller fandoms are just like, oh, if we don't want that, then we can't like have them get any more fans and we just need to stay where we are. And so a lot of groups are, aren't really talked about much. Because it's like, oh, if they get popular, then we're going to become a toxic fandom too. And it's sad, but that's really not the mindset we should have. Because we, of course, want our groups to succeed. But they shouldn't put it at the cost of them not having as much fame or more toxic fans. Because I feel like that doesn't represent what a fandom represents. As long as you know that you are a good fan to your idols, you respect them and you love them and you support them, we shouldn't be holding back by saying that, oh, we're going to become a toxic fandom if they get more popular. So you just refrain from talking about them. And that's odd, but I don't, I personally don't feel like it's talked about enough because there's this small, this, there's a smaller band I got into called Lanalog. They're such a, like, they're not, they're barely known. Like they don't even have a company and they're just, their music is so good and they're so talented and so down to earth. I really try to bring them up as much as possible because they, they're already amazing now, but imagining what they could do if their fandom got bigger and they like had more access to doing even more things than they do now, it's just really cool to think about because I, they're already so good. So what would happen if got more of the stuff that they want to pursue or if they want to get into a company do that and it's I just really want to see them grow because I really 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 like their music (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I have heard their name but I haven't actually listened to them and I'm definitely going to now (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like I think like you said that attitude of like 
if our fandom gets bigger, it will get more toxic. I think that it doesn't have to. As fandoms get bigger, I doing things like holding each other accountable and having discussions that may be a bit uncomfortable, educating each other and making spaces where we can call each other call each other in, which I know is like a maybe not a phrase people are super familiar with, but that idea of like we can hold ourselves to a certain level of behavior and when that doesn't happen we can address it and educate people and have a much healthier way of addressing those issues that's all stuff that you can or or that we can as fans do as groups get more popular and as fandoms get bigger because i like it's definitely something i've heard of like I wish we don't get so big so it doesn't get so toxic and I think that's actually a decision that we as fans can make a little bit and certainly have influence over. Yeah, I I completely, I do agree with you. So yeah, maybe that is some things that we can be looking forward to as fans, things that we can be working on. And this is definitely a type of conversation that I want to have more and more um, with more and more people and maybe sometime in the future, maybe as things change a little bit. If you want to, I'd love to have you back on and we can talk about how things change and how things move in fandom spaces. Uh, I'd love to be back on here. This was really, really fun. And as someone who's kind of bad when it comes to actually talking instead of just over DMs, <laughs> it, it was it was really fun to do and I'm glad we got to do this. <laughs> I'm glad too. I, you did great. It's okay. You did fine. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> If people do want to find you or want to find your shop, do you want to let them know where they can do that? Yeah. So you can find me with the Rocky Pebble pins on Instagram and on... I'm not extremely active on Twitter, but I do have one. And it's just Rocky Pebble pins because that was too long. And I'm also on TikTok as the Rocky Pebble pins. And you can uh, probably find me on all of those platforms, and then you will be able to find my shop link in my bio of my TikTok, as well as my Instagram, and hopefully my Twitter, if it's still on there, because I haven't been on there in forever. It is on there. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, I think that's all the links I got. Amazing. Um, And absolutely do check out their work. I really do love it. Like, I really am genuinely a fan of your stuff, so I definitely (laughs) think it's something people should look into. It's for the compliments. That means really the world to me. Oh, of course. And yeah, obviously, thank you so much for coming on and for like being willing to support my show a little bit as I get started. Yeah, I'm I was so happy when you said you were doing this. It was it was so different. And I loved it. I've never heard of a thing like this. And it's, it's just so out there. And I absolutely respect and love you for doing this. It's really impressive. (laughs) It's it's so nice to have especially like obviously you and Lena being willing to come on so early yeah having you guys like trusting this as like something that is worth doing and spending time on I think that is really like yeah really special to me well as long as you love doing it that's what matters and that's what I really say to a lot of people because I've had people tell me they're scared to put a design out because they're afraid it'll flop and it's just like hey if you like it and if you love doing it then that's what really matters and that's probably a good note to end on if you love doing it go do it yeah (laughs) and maybe that is do pin 
pin making or merch designing, maybe that's not a podcast. Maybe that is an encouragement for you to go and binge your favorite videos. I don't know. But (laughs) (laughs) that is where we'll wrap it up. Thank you so much. Of course. (laughs) And that's the episode. Thank you so much for joining me and absolutely do check out the Rocky Pebble Pins work. Don't forget you can find the show socials at Monse Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. This is still very much a baby podcast, so if you do want to support it, the biggest thing right now is sharing it on the socials or just telling people about it. If you have feedback or other topics you want me to talk about with someone, feel free to let me know on there as well. As always, sources for this episode are in the show notes, and all the links you might need are in the card there as well. This podcast is written and produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, whose sovereignty over this land was never ceded. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present, and acknowledge that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. I'm your host, Zia J, and I'll see you next week for the next episode of Monse, a K-pop podcast. <laughs>